1: We have a great show for you today. It's a show dedicated to our IVF warriors and the people who support them.
0: Although we haven't gone through the process ourselves, many people near and dear to Carrie and I have. We're talking one woman today about her specific IVF journey. My sister, Gina Faith Perry. And although her
1: story is just one story, there are many, many, many stories about IVF that differ, but this is just one woman's story.
0: Absolutely. And as we have been doing throughout the quarantine, I don't know about you guys, i mean week three personally now but we are recording separately from our homes so there is a chance you may hear screaming children just bear with us
1: or screaming adults who knows yeah
0: or the people who have to take care of the screaming children
1: and today we're also bringing you a very special segment of the rundown and as always hashtag swag bag but up next the the tits
0: and the shits Why do you slow down so much while you're saying it? Because you're slowing down. Okay, let's try to just do it fast. Okay. Ready? The tits and the shits. Okay, that sounded like reasonable. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Why don't you go first?
1: Okay, so my tits is that for Luna's birthday, my dad and stepmom got her a play kitchen. And our plan was to not put it together because it's way too big for our little tiny apartment in New York. And we were going to put it together when we move. However, quarantine times. So <laughs> we put it together at my mom's house. And I have never seen anything like it. This kid is so freaking excited about this play kitchen I actually was editing parts of this episode yesterday while well, she played almost for two hours without me hardly and wow. hardly interacting with her it might be just that new car smell for her but I'm hoping it lasts it she's hysterical
0: oh that's the best when they, they I feel like Sebastian went through a period where he could do alone time playing yeah for a couple of hours and then he hit true toddlerhood and that was that just went out the window unfortunately then it was
1: like bye-bye
0: yeah then it was like mommy you have to play with me for everything but I'm hoping that's not the case for you.
1: I mean, you never know. So that's my tits. And it's a bit it's like big double D titties. That's how exciting yeah. this is.
0: Yeah, those are good tits. Those
1: are good tits. And then my shits, Well, one insomnia. <laughs> Lord knows. It's just insomnia. Ah, yeah. I'm not sleeping. The last two days have not been so bad. So like Crimea river. But it's just hard to go to sleep when you just feel like so much in the world is changing. We were just talking about this before we started rolling. But it's like the entire world is just electric. And the people in it yeah. are electric. And so I'm having... But
0: also stagnant yeah. at the same exact time. I'm
1: having bizarre dreams. I had a like yeah. a long vacuuming dream yesterday. <sighs> it was like an OCD vacuuming dream and I can't remember exactly, but I was vacuuming a surface that was extremely hard to vacuum. That was like weird dream nightmare was about vacuuming. So I mean, it could
0: be a lot
2: worse.
1: I mean, it's true. But I just remember in the dream I was vacuuming and it was like this texture that, you know, like when you vacuum one direction, it is yes. one color and texture when you vacuum backwards. And I kept yes. trying to get the texture to be the same. That's a
0: real life nightmare <laughs> for my Virgo ass sometimes. I have to tell you. I going
1: to say, how OCD am I that that is what my dream is? <laughs>
0: I mean, I relate to it. I really do. That's the saddest part. I'm like, God, tell me about a nightmare. <laughs> anyway, how about you, Ash? Um, well, my tits are that quarantine has really allowed me to connect with my first love television all over again because, you know, I didn't get enough time with it before. And obviously, I watched Tiger King. Obviously. obviously. have you done it. I'm in the middle
1: of it. It's hard for me to watch.
0: Why? The animals? Yeah, it's
1: hard. hard. Yeah.
0: yeah, for some reason, like, I agree it sucked, but the, I don't like watching the animals get hurt. But the characters are just so fucking crazy. Joe Exotic, man.
1: I just saw a thing. I sent it to you from the cut today that shows a picture of Britney Spears with yes. the Bhagavan whatever, dude. I was like, whoa, full circle, man. So...
0: Then on Twitter, there's also a thing floating around. It's a picture of Britney Spears at the VMAs the year before that, and they're like, "Oh, look, she's sitting next to Carol Baskin," but it does not look like Carol Baskin. And I really think people are grasping at the straws here. But it's anyway, like, it's
1: like there's an animal Illuminati, and they've taken Britney. And Britney Spears. Spears
2: is a part of it for some reason. I mean, I don't understand. If Britney
1: Spears is in a cult, it's in the tiny furniture cult. Have I sent you the pictures of how Britney Spears is obsessed with tiny furniture? No. Oh my god, guys. Okay, so first of all, if you just Google Britney Spears' tiny furniture, a whole like Reddit thread. So if you look in the background of a lot of Britney Spears' posts, there's extremely tiny furniture. Like too small, weird. too small for her dog, too big for a doll. And it's like chaise lounges, tiny chairs, an extremely what? tiny reclining chair.
0: I'm gonna send it to you. It's so what? bizarre. Like So it's not like dollhouse furniture? No.
1: It's just like she just has random tiny furniture. Like she just likes it.
0: God, I can't wait to be that rich someday in my life where it's just like, you know what I like? Tiny furniture that I can't fit in, nobody in my house can fit in, but I just want to have it. Wait till
1: the end of this episode. I think we're going to have to post it after this episode comes out on our Instagram page because I went deep. I go deep in the Britney Spears...
0: Let me just tell you, I went deep into Elvis being a shapeshifter the other day, so that's a whole, like, quarantine makes you do weird things. Like, shapeshifter, not as in his weight change. No, like an actual, like, reptile shapeshifter. Google it. It, it'll occupy like a good half hour to an hour of your time. It's great. That's like something my um, brother would send me. Oh, I forget. Oh, I was having like a Zoom party Friday night with friends. And they were like, oh, yeah, I think that's where I got it. They were they said like, oh, yeah, Elvis is a shapeshifter. Like, look it up. Look it up. <laughs> and I did. And then it turned into this whole like all these other shapeshifting videos. It's crazy. Anyway, so back to my tits, which is I've been able to reconnect with television. So after Tiger King, I was looking for something else to watch. And I went back to Netflix and there was some docu-series about polygamists. And I started to watch it. And I was like, ah, I'm curious. And Matt said, well, have you ever seen Big Love? And I was like, no, I never really wanted to. And he's like, watch it. So I'm heavy into Big Love right now. And I have very mixed feelings about it, because on one hand, that is some science fiction for me. Like, I can't understand You believe
1: Elvis as a shapeshifter more.
0: More than I believe in polygamy, yes. I believe in in Britney Spears' obsession with tiny furniture far more than I believe in polygamy. In fact, there is this one character in the show that's like a 14-year-old, 15-year-old child bride, and she has aspirations of being a star, baby, and she is the most captivating part of all of this, because I'm like, all right, finally a bitch I can understand in all of Showbiz. this. Showbiz. Yeah. It's just so weird. I'm in season three, and now I'm just like, do I even like anyone on this show? Why am I? S- I have to see it through. It's really good acting, but also your girl, Chloe seven is in it?
1: Who's the guy? Is it? It's not Bill Pullman, our boyfriend, Bill it's Pullman. It's Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Our other boyfriend, <laughs> Got it. yes. Bill Paxton is the one that always plays the president. Yes. Well, so does Bill Pullman. Oh, you're right. They're both Mr. Independence president.
0: Day is Bill Pullman. Right.
1: Except Bill Pullman, guys. Zaddy. He's,
0: <laughs> Big dick energy. He
1: has. Oh, God. We were on the red carpet with him, and he was just swaggering in, in jeans and a button-down dick forward. But he
0: stands like he's I know. BDE. Oh,
1: God. He was so magnetic.
0: Uh, very much so. Anyway. He, but anyway, it's the other Bill. He's my tits forever. Yeah, the other Bill. Okay. But it, it's so weird, and then there's like kind of like a mob Part of it, which I don't know, but I like it. I'm into the storyline. I mean, you've got point, time to just invest. Yes. And I'm emotionally invested. So my shits, I mean, you know, my shits are pretty consistent for the past few weeks. I'm just sticking with it. No need to rehash.
1: Your shits are that, are you shitting
0: consistently at least? I am. Okay, good. I am. I am shitting very consistently. And
1: your consistent shit is coronavirus.
0: It, right. And I also think I'm going to buy a brew at home kombucha kit just to keep it regular. I actually. Looked into it yesterday for a mere thirty dollars. I can be making my own kombucha. Oh, scabellos!
1: I am so happy to have our first guest on the show today. I have known her since the day she was born because she is my sister, Gina. <laughs> Welcome to the momtrage, Gina Perry. Thank
2: you so much. I'm literally thrilled to be here.
1: Thrilled. I mean, the hardest part of this entire conversation will be us not talking over each other and you guys discerning the difference between our voices because I never, when I listen to you, I don't think we sound alike. But then when I hear myself on this podcast listening back, I'm like, This is Gina. So sorry, guys. So let me introduce Gina properly. Gina is the mom of two little rascals, Tucker and Chase, and is a supervisory case manager for a nonprofit. And she's also a badass fitness coach, a wife. She's my sister, obviously. So she's amazing. Before we even start, I want to say two things. The first thing is Ashley and I are not doctors or experts. I'm sure you can tell that. We are just two gals trying to bring light to some things that moms struggle with and offer some humor. Secondly... I want to thank you, Gina, for being down on coming on the show and talking about some really hard stuff in a really open way. Of course. So give us a little condensed version of... The cliff notes, Yeah, with some extras. So
2: I always had a regular period. We're just going to dive right in. Yeah, period talk. Do it. No, I so I always had a regular one until I went on birth control and I was doing the depo shot. So I went on that and they said a side effect could be you stop getting your period. And, you know, 17-year-old me was like, yeah. But then I met my now husband. And we started getting more serious and we got engaged and I was like, you know what, we want to have kids eventually. Let me jump off of it. And I did not ever get a period back which in theory is great, but not great for procreating. So I went to a doctor just to see why my period was not starting again. And they diagnosed me with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. We actually saw my doctor before we got married just to see what was going on. And so we got married and we tried for a year, but I wasn't ovulating. So nothing was going to happen. Except that Scott was getting it on the regs. Exactly. Sorry, mom and dad. So we were very lucky to have two fertility symptoms. Centers near us. My doctor immediately sent me to the closest one and we did the basic pills essentially to make you ovulate. And that didn't work. And did one IUI, which is interuterine insemination. So essentially think turkey baster. Right. They spin it, right. They spin the sperm. Yeah. But so like think turkey baster, but like science and that didn't work. And that actually only has success rate. It is less expensive and typically not everybody, but typically your insurance makes you do that three times before they will approve you for IVF. And for some reason, my insurance did not require that. So we got
1: real lucky. I was going to say, let me just interrupt you for a second to speak for some of my other friends that did not wish to be on the show because they're private people. I have so many friends that had so much psychological heartbreak from having to do those failed IUIs and so much extra time. And especially me, I'm old. A lot of my friends are also in the older category. That's a lot of
2: time wasted. It's a ton of time. And for something that takes so long anyway, the whole process is long and excruciating and nobody really talks about how long it takes, especially if you have to go through IUIs to
1: start. And a lot of these women, not specifically in your case, at this point in the story, let's put it that way, a lot of women have already experienced multiple miscarriages up to this point, which is why they're taking the next step. Now, that's not every case. That was not your case because you weren't even ovulating.
2: Some people get, get pregnant and then couldn't keep a pregnancy. And then that's when they're sent to fertility specialists
1: right but then they're going to go on top of that and do these rounds of iui it's a real drawn out thing anyway continue
2: it's a mind fuck and yeah. so my doctor i was very lucky my doctor was like your insurance doesn't require it let's move on and i was like awesome so we had male factor and female factor infertility we kind of had a feeling iui was not going to work for us anyway and so we were lucky enough to not have to do more than one so we tried out two different clinics and the first one is very well known i'm not i won't mention them. But here in the area, they're very well known. Is it sort of a chop shop kind of thing?
1: Like they do a million of them. So it's a little less personal. Yeah.
2: And they're advertised everywhere. So everybody thinks that that's where you should go. But when I went there, they immediately started talking numbers and charts and spreadsheets and success rates, which success rates we learned are not really the biggest thing to consider. So you also have to consider live birth rates. Because unfortunately, you can, a lot of times women can get pregnant, but that doesn't mean that they carry to full term. And so we did not end up going with them. And we found the clinic that we did go to, who I loved, and they were much more personable. They talked financials, but they also talked benefits and risks. And they really gave you like a full picture of what you were gonna go through.
1: Like you were a person and not a science experiment.
2: Because you already feel like such a science experiment. You're not having sex for fun anymore. You're timing everything. You're shooting hormones in your ass. It's just, it's not my idea of a good time. You want a clinic that is nice to you and everything is timed and you have to be home for shots. It's really not the best experience if you are not surrounded by positive people and influences. So then we went um, and we started our first round of IVF, which in my head, I thought, okay, well, we'll do all these shots. They'll get all my eggs. They'll all fertilize. We'll put them in, then we'll get pregnant. And that's not really what (laughs) IVF is like. And so it's a lot of shots. And I love my husband, but he could not give me my shots. He did it once and he must've hit like an, not an artery, but what are they called? (laughs) You know, you know what I mean? Like a a vein, a vein. So he must've hit a vein and blood shooted all over our bathroom. And so after that, he was, nope, can't do it. So I taught myself how to shoot myself in the ass. I gave myself the shots. I had tons of what they call follicles, which is where the egg grows. And then they put you in for the retrieval, the dreaded retrieval, which they dope you up. They put you under, And they take out all of your eggs. And I woke up and I was so excited to hear what number that we had. And they said zero. Oh, Terrible. So I cried all doped up to this wonderful nurse who patted my head and held my hair when I threw up. And... (laughs) They said, we'll try again. And I was devastated.
1: And don't you kind of feel like a big stuffed Thanksgiving turkey when you're all doved up?
2: Like, Yes. Oh, my God. Carrie. So the first time, it wasn't terrible. So the second time, we did all the shots again. And I fell asleep and woke up. And they said, we got three. And I said, what the fuck? Because... <laughs> Because... Because sometimes I get like 20 and stuff. And at every monitoring, they told me, oh, you have 30. Well, it turns out you can have 30 follicles, but that does not mean that you have 30 mature eggs that can be used. And so the last time I went through and I was like, this isn't going to work. We're going to have to adopt. I mean, we're going to have kids. I, you know, we went through all the different scenarios because at this point I just felt done, emotionally drained, financially drained. And we had even briefly talked about me being a donor for you like very briefly. We had just talked about every possibility in the world. Yep. And so we were very lucky. And the last time we got 20 eggs. So let me
1: just get this straight. You had basically four sets of shooting yourself up because you had the one IUI plus three separate IVFs and, and three retrievals, but the first one didn't retrieve anything really.
2: Yes, you are right. So we did the IUI shots, then we did three rounds of retrievals to be able to get the 20 eggs. And I did, they call it hyper ovarian. It's some sort of overstimulation. That's what happened to me the last time. And so I gained tons and tons of weight of fluid to the point where I looked about six months pregnant. And they have to monitor you because it can be super dangerous for your body. This was before retrieval. No, this was the last retrieval. So, so this is this is where it gets interesting. So after you retrieve is when you go into hyper and so sometimes they have to hospitalize you and drain it and we didn't have to do that but when you overstim you cannot do what they call a fresh transfer which is where the embryos grow and then they put them directly in so we had to freeze ours and so out of our 20 eggs we got we got 10 healthy embryos that we then froze got it and then you have to go through the process of the transfer So they thicken your lining with a ton of shot and then they transfer. So we transferred two healthy embryos the very first time we went through IVF.
1: Right, and that's where you had the thing that I think they really need to write a movie about, which is vanishing twin syndrome.
2: Yes, vanishing twins. So we were very fortunate. We got pregnant with twins. We did all the follow-ups at the clinics every week. We heard both heartbeats. And then around eight weeks, I wanna say, we found out that we had lost one of the twins. So Ugh. I was so I was still pregnant with Tucker, but I also still had to miscarry the other twin, which when you are pregnant with twins, you don't actually physically miscarry like some people do with when they're just pregnant with one. So your body like absorbs it, which is really gross sounding and, and kind of my- super traumatizing because it's still there. It's not viable.
1: In my non-doctor but science fiction mind, Tucker has two DNA strands, both from him and his twin. And he's like, smart.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Tucker got all the
1: other babies. <laughs> right. Brain. Let me just pause and say, for our listening audience, Tucker is the one that I describe that is also a German tourist, similar to Ashley's son, Sebastian. Okay, so then we're at the point of the story where you lose the twin, which is the worst part of the story
2: the worst part of the story and it was a really weird thing to go through because you're still so excited that you have one and you don't want to feel ungrateful but you're still processing and grieving the loss of the other yeah. which is a really weird kind of mentally terrible situation to be in.
1: Also I feel like and this is a totally inappropriate thing for me to say but I also feel like there's also a part I would think of like you're, you want a kid so bad then they implant two but you're like two's a lot also and then you miss Karen and you're like now I actually miss that baby. Maybe that just miscarried, but then you're also like, twins would also be hard, but everything's a black. It's like very conflicting, all the things.
2: Yes. It's all the things because people, we did not tell very many people in the beginning anyway, but the people we did tell that we were having twins, they were like, oh my God, congratulations. We're so excited. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Because twins is a lot. And so it's so weird, like, you know, I had somebody tell me, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And I wanted to throat punch them Yeah, because that's not something you say to anyone nor someone that's been through infertility. Yeah. But now that I'm out of the situation, I can see it was her polite way of kind of, trying to reassure me that everything would be okay. and I mean, it might've been me and I wish you would've just said, bitch, don't tell me what I can handle. If it was you, I totally would've said, bitch, back <laughs> off. But no, it was it was a friend who did not mean anything by it. But we did not tell a lot of people when we were going through the process. And I think that's pretty common. We are, listen, I don't give a fuck. I, you know, I say, I, I tell everyone everything, infertility, your vagina is out to the world always. Right. But, you know, I told you guys, I told mom and dad, I told our brother, And I told just like a very, very, very tiny handful of my friends because number one, I didn't have to feel like I had to update them like, oh, okay, well, this didn't go well. And now we have to do another round or, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I miscarried, You know, I didn't want to have to share the uncomfortable stuff or feel like I had to share. And then also, you know, in every family and every group of friends, there's like the asshole that always has something to say. And I just didn't want to hear it. You know, we were trying so hard for a baby and I didn't need to hear, oh, you're so young because at the time I was 26, I didn't want to hear, oh, you're so young, it'll happen or, oh, just keep, you know, have fun practicing or just relax, you know, all the terrible things that people actually say, which newsflash, if you don't go through IVF and you know anyone that is struggling to have a baby, don't, for the love of God, say any of those things. (laughs) I have bunches of questions, but I'm
1: saving them to the end, but they have to pertain to some of these things. So okay, so vanished twin and then then what happened?
2: So then I was very nervous the whole rest of my pregnancy because obviously when you go through a loss at any stage you're therefore wrecked the entire rest of your pregnancy just so nervous. And then we didn't have the easiest pregnancy. I was put on bed rest at 30 weeks because I was having contractions and starting to go into labor 10 weeks early. And then I stopped feeling movement one night when I was 34 weeks and five days. And so we went to the hospital and they said, oh, nope, we got to get him out right now, which is terrifying. So we had an emergency C-section and Tuck was born five weeks early, little four pounds, 13 ounces. But then we had our baby. But then it doesn't yep. stop there. Panic and the fear don't stop because then you have a newborn who's early. It's like you're so traumatized from all the things that you go through with IVF that then when you have your baby, you're so grateful and you're petrified that something is going to happen to them. Terrified. And we are already pretty terrified people. <laughs> yes, we are. So to go through a miscarriage and to go through IVF and wanting a baby your whole life and then to have this little baby, you are so panicked that something is going to happen. My therapist actually told me that there is a very strong link with people that have infertility or go through IVF and postpartum. And also, if you're a C-section mom, your chances of postpartum double or something like that. Don't quote, but it's something crazy like that. I'll ask for When you have loss and you have infertility, and then you have an early baby, and then you all of the things, it just leads to a lot of postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression, and that's very real. So then you decided to do it again. I I said it was so much fun the first time. Let's do it again. And so, about a year and a half after we had Tuck, I was so convinced that it was going to take us forever again, to get pregnant. We already had our embryos frozen in storage. And so we went through the process again. So technically, Chase and Tucker are the same age, but Benjamin Button. They're Benjamin (laughs) Button, the same age. Yes, because they're all frozen at the same time. And so we... They were like at the same dance party, but Tucker left earlier. I don't know how that science works, man. Hashtag science. So when you go to do it again and you already have frozen embryos, I didn't realize it can be a much easier process. And so I did one round of shot to thicken my lining. And typically they'll give you a suppository that you stick all up in your vagina that is progesterone that helps with your lining. But surprise, surprise, I was allergic to that. So of course, <laughs> so I had to do a butt shot of progesterone and patches of estrogen to thicken the lining. And then we only transferred one embryo this time. And we were very, very lucky that the one embryo stuck. And we used this something this time called embryo glue, which is like a fancy add-on they offered to us at mm-hmm. my clinic, which I was then frantically Googling, you know, before <laughs> I went in because you're already really vulnerable. And so they'll offer you all of these expensive add-ons, like you're at a fancy restaurant, like a la carte, and you don't want to be taken advantage of. So I did really quick research beforehand, and it did actually look like the science showed it does help the embryo stick. So we did that with Chase, and then I got a positive pregnancy with Chase. That pregnancy was much, much smoother. Still riddled with anxiety, but much smoother. And then we delivered him this past November. And at how many weeks? I went all the way to 39. We did a skeptic scheduled C-section. So I wasn't even in labor when they took him at 39. I was like, get him out. And it was wonderful. Walked in the hospital. My hair was brushed. (laughs) That's right. You got your nails did. I I did. I got my nails did. I got my toes did. I was ready.
1: Something I want to ask you is between one, two, and three of the IVF rounds, did they change your cocktail? Like the first time when you had follicles, but no eggs, did they change the cocktail that they gave you? to get the three?
2: Yeah. Yeah, they did. So after you have like a failed retrieval, which like, wah, wah, that sounds so serious. Um, you once failed. You, yeah. You did not pass the test. They bring you in to discuss like what they think went wrong. And then they adjust either, they'll either add a medication or they'll increase or decrease your dosage or any number of things. And then as you're going through the process, you're going in like pretty much every morning for like weeks, like you get up at like 5am to drive to the clinic to get there before traffic before you go to work for them to monitor you. So as they're monitoring you, they'll change your protocol to try and get the best outcome, you know, each time we got a better result. So first of all, how do you feel now that it's all over? like thank god no <laughs> yeah <laughs> no you know it's it's such a hard thing to have to go through but i feel so proud of myself it's like one of the first things in my life i've been like super i did that
1: you are really amazing
2: thank you and it's like the first time i really was ever able to like pat myself on the back to be like that was so hard and you did not think you were going to get through it and now you have two kids it's mind blowing and so for as hard as it is, I have a lot of friends that I've met that found out I was going through IVF and now they're going through it. And I just tell them on the hardest of hard days, it will get better. And mm. whether that means you get pregnant through IVF or that means you explore being a parent in any other number of ways, you will find a way and it does get better. And that sounds so cliche. And when you're in it, you don't care, but it really is true. And there were so many times that I wanted to just say, I'm, I'm done. Like, we're not going to spend the money. We're not going to go through the emotional struggle together to do this. But if you just power through, if you can financially and, and emotionally, it's so worth it. It's so worth
1: it. Now, something that I've struggled with, and I struggled it with with you, and I struggle with it with my other friends. Like you said, you told only a few people about it, and you were trying to create boundaries and everything. You know, I've had a hard time, you know, with you. We talked about it pretty openly, and I, I tried to be my best version of your big sister in giving you advice without really knowing much about it or having any way to relate to it and all. Because especially at that point in my life, I wasn't really thinking about kids in that way. I can't remember, was this before or after I had my failed...
2: After...
1: Right. And I think I had decided I was not going to have them. So I, I was At probably that point, you
2: were no longer ha- wanted to have kids.
1: Right. So it was like a tricky trauma time for me, too. So it was like weird to talk about stuff. And I was trying to be the best I could be. But I know with other friends who have told me that they've been going through it. I don't know as a friend quite how much I should ask about it and how much I shouldn't ask about it. And because I'm such a busybody, nosy pants, I basically have a podcast about that. Exactly. Um, I tried to to let them tell me and then I would ask questions. But I've had friends since then say that they felt like I wasn't uh, involved in this situation when I was really trying to be respectful. So I know it's on a case for case basis, but what advice would you give people who are supporting those who are going through IVF? And like, what are our good things to
2: say? So I think the, the best thing to first do is ask them, how involved do you want me to be? Do you want me to ask questions? Or do you want me to kind of just silently support you? Because if you have that kind of friendship, and they can tell you like, no, no, I just need you to be here. But not ask questions, great, do that. But they might actually want the support and then in terms of like what to say I think just like acknowledging that what they're doing is really hard and that you're really proud of them and one of my best best girlfriends showed up in my bed because I had like a really bad day she just like showed up at the house with like food so if you can just be there for the person whether that be like a text or a funny meme or just saying like I'm so sorry that this sucks so hard yeah I feel like that goes all the way don't ever say anything like oh it'll happen or oh you have to relax because then you're a terrible person. <laughs> right. <laughs> how did Scott, your husband, deal through all of this? Scott was really amazing throughout the entire process, other than the fact that he would not give me my shot. right? <laughs> but, you know, it's weird for the husband, too, because everybody jokes like, oh, they just have to go jerk off in a cup. And they do. But, like, think about how
1: weird that is, Carrie. Oh, I've heard from my friends how it's the worst of the worst porn in there. It's very weird. And also, everybody
2: there knows what you're doing. It's not like... <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Anyway, he was wonderful other than the butt shot. And there were times that I would get really upset that things weren't working or things weren't happening as quickly as I wanted them to. And he never tried to be, oh, relax or, oh, it'll happen. He just let me feel what I needed to feel. And then when we were moving on from feeling that, we moved on.
1: Okay, so you have eggs left now, right? What do you think you're going to do with them? I know it's a hard question.
2: So we pay yearly to keep them frozen. And part of me just wants to keep them frozen (laughs) forever. Yeah, I know. Because the only other options you have, at least at our clinic, are you can donate them to science, you can donate them to another couple for them to adopt your embryos, or you can just destroy them. So they're not really easy choices at all. I love the idea of donating them to another family, and I want to believe that I'm that good of a person. But there are children, like genetically, and so to have them out in the world. So right now, I think we're just going to keep them on ice, like a good vodka martini. Ice ice baby, too cold, too cold, Ice, ice
1: babies. Literally. What resources would you recommend for women going through this? Where should they go to receive comfort and help and anything you want to share about things that people going through IVF that will help them during this journey?
2: So the beauty of social media is that there is this phenomenon on Instagram where people have these anonymous infertility pages. So you don't ever really know their name, but you, you know you see their face and they'll do stories. and. You don't really know where they live. You don't know their name and they just post their whole journey. And so I followed a ton of people, these anonymous Instagram people that were going through what I was going through at the same time. And I found people that were had um, retrievals the same day as I did and t- we would talk. And then with my second pregnancy, I actually, I don't think you know this, but I created my own anonymous one because no. again, we yeah, but we didn't really tell people the second time we went through it again for the same reason. And so I felt like I needed an outlaw outlet. And I wanted to be somebody that could also support people going through it as well. So I had an anonymous Instagram account. I actually just shut it down recently. Going there and being able to forge these relationships with people you've never met, sometimes in different countries that are going through what you're going through, feel everything that you are going through and also can give you really good tip or things to make sure to ask your doctor or things to try. It was just really amazing without having to tell people super close to you mm-hmm. what's going
1: on. And you're talking to someone else who directly understands.
2: Directly understands. And so you can tell them like, oh my God, this insensitive person, this sensitive thing. And it's not going to get back to them because you're all anonymous. It's it's a really good place to let out all of your feelings, get really good information about what's working for other people to take back to your doctor. It's just and a you, great community.
1: And you had a therapist, we all do. You had a therapist and a, and you kept a journal correct. And I kept
2: a journal, I guess. So I saw my therapist like once every other week. And and then I think towards the end, it was like once a week. And so she was wonderful. And then I did start journaling. And I know that you want me to meditate, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> it does <laughs> work for me. But for some people, meditation works wonders. I know people that have done it and they really love it. And for me, my outlet was also exercise. And so I worked out every day that I could. But then at a certain point, they tell you you can't work out because you could like twist an ovary or something. I know that was hard for you. That was really hard for me. But when I could, I did because that was my outlet. Well, I just want to say
1: I'm so proud of you. I am so thankful that you're my little sister. And I'm so thankful that as far as like the mom thing goes, you're really the big sister in the mom thing because you had the kids first. And I love so much that our relationship has grown because we have this separate new friendship identity beyond just us being sisters. Oh, I love you. I love you. Tell us where we can find
2: you. Do you want people to find you? Because if not, don't tell us. So you can find me at Gina Perry Fitness. That's my Facebook. Gina Faith Perry is my Instagram.
1: Go enjoy. The kids are asleep. So you need to relax now. Thank you for taking your precious time away from your kids with me. I love you so much. I love you
2: so much. Thank you so much for having me. And give Ashley a big old kiss right on her face for me. After the quarantine's over, I will. Love you. Bye. You know,
0: Carrie, this social distancing thing is really hard. I think I realize that I miss human connection. Oh, I
1: do too. And I miss you, like you in the flesh. I miss you so much. I've been wanting to send care packages to all of my girlfriends. One, because I'm at my mom's house, so there's plenty of things to send from here. But I'm sure nobody wants any of my things from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> So instead, I think it's probably a better idea to have somebody else send it. Plus, I don't want to leave my house to mail it. You
0: know, I actually know the best thing for you. It's called small packages. They're these beautiful curated gift boxes. And they have one in pretty much any occasion or anything you would need a box for, like birthday or congratulations on your new job or new home. And then they have sad occasions like this is terrible and breakup. And coronavirus. And they don't have coronavirus yet, but they do have one. It's called This is Terrible. It's super convenient. You're getting everything that you would put in yourself, like these cute chocolates or books, beautiful letterpress cards that are made by small packages, but you don't have to actually schlep to the post office and it's all just done for you. Oh
1: my gosh, that's super convenient. I love that idea. Is it expensive? Because you know I'm out of work.
0: Well, each small packages box comes in three different price points at $35, $50, or $100. So you're pretty much guaranteed to be able to find something in a price range that works specifically for you. Plus, our lovely friends at Small Packages are offering Momtrage listeners 15% off with code MOM. All you have to do is head to smallpackages.co.
1: This is a great idea. And also, it's great if you know somebody going through
0: IVF. This would be like a great thing to send them. It would be the perfect thing to send somebody going through IVF.
1: The Rundown.
0: Okay, so for our other segment this week, I thought it was very important to talk about something that I just encountered in my life, and that is... ABC mouse. Do you know about it?
1: I mean, I know a little bit about it. I'm a little confused. Can I ask you a question first?
0: Please. Is it
1: like its own gaming system or is it something you buy that then you download on your own device? So
0: you can just do it on your own device. Okay. I have it set up on the iPad. There's one main app for ABC mouse, but then there's other apps. I haven't even messed with those. Okay. Yet. But it's basically a system. I almost want to call it a world. It's like this little world that your kid becomes a part of and they go on these little paths and quests and there's school and all these other things, but every activity is a learning-based activity. Okay. So you kind of feel pretty good about your kid having this screen time. So there's reading, there's puzzles, there's coloring, there's songs, there's all kinds of stuff. That's my synopsis. Got of it. What Perfect. It is. Okay. So in there, each activity that you do, you get three points for. And in this ABC mouse world, there's this whole little, like, you have an avatar for your child. Okay. I originally made the avatar for my child, but he has since decided to change it. First, he made himself black. <laughs> Great. Like, he put black skin tone and he even put like a black kids in the hall flat top haircut with like the shaved, carved inside thing. That's amazing. And was, but then you can buy skin colors too, like the weird skin color, like green, okay. and red, and stuff. So, how um, dare
1: you call green skin weird?
0: I. <laughs> His skin color didn't change, okay? It was just his eyeballs. (laughs) And it was weird as shit. But now he wants to buy red skin and this flat top haircut. And I'm just like, okay. I mean, you know, what am I going to say about it? No, you can't do that. It's your avatar. You can do whatever the hell you want. Maybe
1: that's how he sees himself on the inside. I'm
0: wondering... If that's actually the case. But then he buys other things. So you have a room, right? Like a bedroom. And it comes with like a table, a window, a door, and a bookshelf. It's like
1: prison style. Yes.
0: And then you can buy all this other shit. So Sebastian has bought a couch that's shaped like the ABC mouse. He bought an ABC mouse bed. There's a zillion beds and couches, by the way. He's just like such an ABC mouse brand whore now. (laughs) Then he spent like 200 tickets on botany. So he bought like like a panda-shaped topiary. How's he going to keep that up? I don't know. <laughs> a panda topiary, a palm tree, tulips, and daffodils. And then he won't even put them in his room. And he, I, On one hand, Matt's like, oh, this is terrible. I can't believe that they're teaching kids this. And on the other hand, I think it's amazing. <laughs> I think if you want to go spend all your money on stupid bullshit, like a panda topiary, <laughs> you should be allowed to. And then you have to realize, ooh, I wasted my tickets on this. I got to go work somewhere to get more tickets to buy stuff I
1: want. I'm on your team. But also the Pandatopiary is very Neverland Ranch.
0: It's very- <laughs> I don't, when he bought it, I was like, what, why are you buying this? And he's like, I like it. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. But why? Now he's saving up tickets for a slide in his room.
1: First of all, I love that I'm seeing the inside of
0: Sebastian's mind. It's insane I in there. love it. It's amazing. So weird in there.
1: <laughs> the other thing is, maybe it's his quarantine cry for help. Because he's like, the
0: outside plants, trees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he notices any difference. I think he's like, oh, I miss school. But otherwise. Also,
1: he's pretty smart now putting him in his room because they need to be outside growing oh my god he like already has a greener thumb than I do
0: he is so funny you can buy pets Mm -hmm. so you get one hamster but that wasn't enough he wanted a second hamster so now he has Hank and Chubby and he just sits there and feeds them and gives them water and plays with their tunnels and then he also got a cat but he was like no that's not good enough I want a dog too he has all these virtual pets that he's nicer to than his real life pet I do want to say for parents out there who have toddler age children, I think basically from two and up, I would highly recommend ABC Mouse. I think it's great. He has a lot of fun. There's endless activities. When they get tired of one thing, they can just move on to another thing. There's like a zoo. There's a farm. There's so much shit in this world.
1: So I can't relate to that because Luna's not not ABC Mousing. But two things I can relate it to is when I was babysitting my friend's kids or just helping watch them, the obsession with
0: Minecraft. What is Minecraft? Can you, is it, are okay. you building stuff? Yeah, it's like,
1: like a weird. It's like bad graphics, That right? is purposely bad graphics. What do they call that? 8-bit or whatever. And it's basically everything's kind of in a square. And different colored squares or different like textured squares are different things. So there's like rocks and trees. And you build this land. And then you have a guy and he like walks around this world. And if you connect it to the interwebs, you can interact <laughs> with other people's lands virtually. When I've watched my friends, because, you know, I try to be like a cool aunt. I'm like, oh, t- tell me about Minecraft. Can I watch you play it? Which, P.S., it's the most Nothing boring is thing. Worse than
0: watching anyone play anything. It's so
1: boring. I mean, it's <laughs> even more boring than usual. It's like really boring. But my friend was like creating a room and it was made out of stone. And I was like, what are you going to do in this room? She's like, it's my bedroom. I'm, like, this is the worst bedroom <laughs> She's nine. I'm like, where are you going to sleep? And she just put like some stones on a thing. I was like, that is terrible. That is so bad. She's like, oh, I guess I should probably put a window in. She like put a window in. I'm like, ugh, this is going to be drafty as hell. It's made from stone. What do you do? Do you buy stuff? You got no curtains. I don't even you know, think buy that, shit? that you have certain stuff you're set up with and then you have to like get I don't know how you get points again I didn't play but I don't know how you get points but then you can like I have enough points to put glass in my window first of all this is triggering for me because I lived as a single woman in New York City for a very long time and I don't want to have to work anymore to put glass in my windows because
0: no. I don't want to have to
1: make no. a choice I don't have to be like do I have this prison like room without any furniture or do I have <sighs> windows I don't
0: make that choice. But and see, and this is the thing I don't understand about Sebastian with his ABC mouse. He doesn't even set up the room nice. He just wants to spend the shit and get the stuff and then do nothing with it. Or he thinks it's funny to just put everything on the ceiling. <laughs> and that's it. And I mean, listen, alternate reality is nothing new. Right. We've had these some version of it when we were younger. I just don't understand what is appealing about that. That being said, I mean, I had a Tamagotchi. I was too old for that. I had a Tamagotchi and I had had real pets.
1: I had, I had none of that. You know what I had? Cause I'm so old. I had, I had an egg that my teacher gave us. Like an actual egg. To take care of for a week. And you know what I did with that? I started a, you dropped it. No, I started an egg babysitting business <laughs> and people would pay me actual money to babysit their egg. And I made like a carrying case and I carry everybody's egg and I made some extra money in high school watching people's eggs. Extra money. <laughs> Also, somebody write us, send us a DM, and explain Minecraft, because we obviously don't understand it. Obviously. Also,
0: there are characters that look like dicks. (laughs) I remember being at Target one day, years ago, and there was a a Minecraft, like, stuffed animal, and it looked like a dick.
1: Maybe that's the draw.
0: Maybe that's what it is. All these kids have no idea that they're actually into dicks. (laughs)
1: Hey guys, we want to know what are you doing with your kids during this quarantine or while you're homeschooling? Ashley is very obviously using ABC Mouse to homeschool her child. (laughs) And I'm using a very fancy kitchen to homeschool my child where all she's doing is cleaning. She's the Howie Mandel of this kitchen. So what are you guys doing? Please let us know. You can send it to the DMs on our Instagram at Podcast, or you can email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. One, we want to know, but two, we might steal your idea. So thanks ahead of time. Hashtag Swag bag.
0: All right, hashtag swag bag. You guys know, these are obsessions, the things we would put in a swag bag uh, for you, for ourselves, and we just can't live without this week. Should I start?
1: Sure, please do.
0: So this week... I, loving, 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 and have been for some time, Wander Beauty makes a great mascara called Mile High Club Volume and Length Mascara. They were really nice, and like a few, I don't know, a couple months ago sent me a package of all this stuff to try, and there were a lot of great things, but my number one favorite thing was... The mascara.
1: I've been wanting to try them out. I've been wanting to try out their lip oil and that mascara for a while. So
0: I got the lip oil also. Mm-hmm. And I have some lipsticks of theirs. All of their makeup I think is so great. Everything I've tried. But the mascara is really wonderful. It's like lengthening, it's thickening. I like the brush a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the wand. Yes. I do have to scrape some of the product off before I put it on I always have to do that a little excess. I have to
1: do that with every mascara I use.
0: Agreed, agreed. But I think it's so great. And because I love it so much and they had sent it to me, I did contact them to see if they wanted to offer our listeners a discount. So we now have code MOMTRURAGE20 for 20% off your purchase at Wander Beauty. And just so you guys know, I just want to remind you, these are products we do genuinely love. We have not been paid to talk about these products. And we are going to try and reach out to them pretty often to see if we can offer you guys some kind of discount.
1: Deal deals deals dell Deal. <laughs> i like that voice it's right there <laughs> Okay, so mine is, you know, we got sent these beautiful necklaces from Cut and Clarity, the booby necklaces, which a bunch of our friends have and we love them. And they very generously, I have mine on right now.
0: Yay!
1: They very generously sent us these booby necklaces that are the tits, yeah. literally. And I was just so impressed with their message and so impressed with their product that I went there to try to choose something to commemorate Luna being born. I've been really trying to figure out what I wanted. Lee and our birthday just happened. And I've been trying to send him an idea for what to get for me. And I'm having them make me a really cool Luna commemorative birthstone necklace.
0: I love that. And I
1: just love, again, we talked about it in the episode before, so I'm I'm not going to talk too much about it, but they employ New York workers. It's all sustainable sustainable and sustainable and and fair trade, made to order so there's no waste. They're not making a bunch of product and then having tried to push it or anything like that. It's made to order. So I'm super excited to get it. You know I love jewelry. I'm a Jersey girl who loves jewelry. And, is and so is the owner of Cut & Clarity, Jersey girl who loves jewelry. So Cut & Clarity is offering our Momtourage listeners a little deal, deal, deal. It's $50 off your first purchase with no minimum purchase required. Just use the code MOMTourage when you sign up for their newsletter. And then there's also an exclusive Momtourage club, which is for every $500 you spend at Cut and Clarity with the code MOMTORAGE, you receive $25 in jewelry credit towards your next purchase. And you can just save up the credits and use them as you go. So I love it. They have
0: a really nice deal for our listeners going on. I've been wanting to have a Sebastian nameplate necklace for myself made, so I might just go to that.
1: I know. I love them. Yes. Yeah, so that's my hashtag swag bag. So thanks again to Gina for being so open and honest with your journey. I just want to say to everybody out there who has gone through this or who is in the process of going through this, as always, you are not alone. We're here for you. There is plenty of resources for you. And my sister's journey is not necessarily everybody's IVF journey, but we wanted to highlight at least a little bit of that IVF experience. Yeah,
0: and I think it was uh, really nice and special for people to hear you and your sister talking together. Oh, I know. It was so nice that's our show today folks we're
1: thinking of you during this time hope you got a few laughs
0: stay safe and stay sane bye okay that's our show today folks thank you so much for giving us a listen please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe we are out here on our own and these things really really matter
1: we want to hear from you tell us what you want to hear Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com.
0: Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long.
1: We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Mom Momtourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com.